Welcome to another episode of Revolutionary Health, the show that focuses on Black gay men's health and overall wellness. Make sure you follow us, like us, subscribe, share this video with all of your friends, importantly, comment under the video. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Counter Narrative. Twitter, we're at Building Desire. So check us out. I'm Michael Ward. Back with us again for this episode, we have Dr. David Melbranch, the incredible experienced doctor here sitting us in on his triumphant return to revolutionary health. So I'm excited to have you here. How are you feeling? Happy to be back. I'm just, uh, you know, I think like everybody is, we're, we're kind of dealing with Miss Rona in the best way we can. So, um, you know, just kind of taking it day by day. I'm hearing a lot more people say, you know, how you doing? How you doing? Mm-hmm. And if we're not saying this BS. Oh, I'm fine. Oh, I'm good. It's kind of like, ah, no, I'm kind of struggling or, oh, no, it's not a good day today. So I think, you know, it's important to check in with each other and kind of be honest about where we're at with this stuff because it's evolving every single day. Every day, even as we tape new information, all of that is coming out. So we just want to do another quick COVID check-in to see how we're feeling, how everybody else is feeling and where we're at, once again, as of this taping, with what's going on with COVID-19. So a lot of the conversations and things that I've been seeing and even being out and about have been these masks. Everybody's Mm -hmm. got one. Everybody wants one. They're sold out everywhere. You can't get them anywhere on Amazon. I don't have one personally, but... What really is the important effects of having a mask? Why are so many people having them and putting them on to protect themselves? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people are hearkening back why masks are so important. They're watching what, you know, South Korea did. They're watching what China did, um, not only with COVID-19 now, but also with SARS back in the day. Um, and they're seeing how that can change the curve. So I think a lot pe- a lot of people are are more acceptable or more embracing of using masks just out in everyday public interaction. Um, you know, as we're taping this, the CDC literally just enforced a recommendation, um, not mandatory, but voluntary, that people can wear masks in public places. Um, you know, the occupant of the White House said no. Um, he's not going to wear the mask, but uh, said that the CDC recommended this for everybody else. And what's different about this now is that when we talk about masks, I think people need to realize that the masks that we're getting, these surgical masks, are plain masks, and they don't always filter out everything from coming in to protect yourself. The N95 masks are the ones that the healthcare professionals wear. And as a physician, myself, nurses, nurse practitioners, PAs, all the staff working in the hospital have to be fitted for these N95 masks because it has to shape to the contour of your face. And then they do a test to make sure that nothing is getting through. And that's important because why it says N95 is because it's supposed to filter out 95% of potential pathogens. And so that's where the 95 come from. What we don't know is that with these general surgical masks and these other cloth masks that we wear, they don't actually filter out that many. So you may not be that safe from somebody who's coughing if they have coronavirus. A a flimsy little surgical mask or a cloth mask may not protect you from getting coronavirus, but if you are sick with coronavirus or if you're the estimated one in four people that have coronavirus, but are what is called an asymptomatic shedder, mean that you have absolutely zero symptoms, but you may be shedding it from your nose and your respiratory secretions, then it may be a good idea to put one of those surgical masks on or those cloth masks, and then it'll prevent you from exposing other people. So when I look at it at the end of the day, I think 
the, the mask recommendation can't hurt from protecting you from somebody. It's not going to be 100 percent. And it definitely can help reduce the risk if you are either coughing and ill with coronavirus or some other virus or pathogen, or um, if you're an asymptomatic carrier of coronavirus, you have no symptoms, but yet you're shedding it. So I think, again, it's kind of changing the mentality of like, is this going to is this mask going to protect me to actually, well, if I'm wearing a mask, it may protect someone else. So I think that has to be the change of mind that we're having with this. Yeah, definitely. And thank you for changing my mind, because I never looked at it from that lens of that, even if it may not be protecting those around me, it's protecting myself because for the first time in maybe about two weeks, I left the house to actually go to the grocery store right. on route to the package store, as we call it in the South, the liquor store. Right. Um, and there were these people standing in lines with masks on, even going into the liquor store. And I was just like, I don't have a mask on. Like it didn't hit me because my daily life has been quarantined. I work from home. I'm here all the time. And that was my first time actually getting in my car, driving anywhere in a week. And I'm seeing all of these people in a mask. And I'm like, I don't have a mask. So it did bring up this anxiety within me when I went to the grocery store about, are we social distancing? Are we being mindful? How am I you know, affecting someone else's mood and attitude? Like you said, um, as we were talking before the show about somebody coming up to me and saying, hey, I don't have a mask on, or you don't have a mask on, or any of those things, am I doing you know, a disservice to people not protecting myself and protecting others? But one right. of the good things noticing like in grocery stores and things where I went um, last night is that they put markers out now for people to stand. So as you stand in line, instead of crowding as we normally would with our baskets or um, I was in self-checkout, that it kind of made me mindful that mm-hmm. I need to back back up six feet, like mm-hmm. protect myself and protect others to keep that in mind because there are just people walking around with masks and I'm like, I don't. I don't have one. <laughs> I right. don't have one at all. So how do I navigate and get through all of these things? So that was an important thing. So I appreciate you for bringing that to me, yeah. Yeah, and if I can say something else, I think, you know, your situation when you're going out to a liquor store or to a grocery store, these are things that we have to do. They're essential things. We have to get food to eat and other kinds of daily supplies. I'm thankful if I see a lot of people with masks on, because again, that means to me that they're cognizant that they may be coughing or shedding without symptoms. So they're actually protecting me more Mm -hmm. than I'm protecting them um, in those kind of cases. So I'm thankful that they're doing those things. And then the other point I want to make is that, you know, it's not an either or scenario. So like when we're doing all these measures to prevent the spread of coronavirus um, and at least contain it for now, you can wear a mask, you can wash your hands, you can do physical distancing, you can wipe off counters of surface, you can wear gloves, and you can do all these things at the same time so you don't have to choose. It's like with HIV prevention, you don't have to just you know, have a positive partner be on medication uh, or you do PrEP or you use condoms, you can do all three. So I think when preventing coronavirus and, and limiting its spread, we can embrace all these different things. And so there may be situations where like for me, I don't have a mask right now. It's been hard finding a mask for the past three or four weeks, even before the CDC made their recommendation. So I don't have one. So what do I do when I have to go outside of the grocery store? I maintain my social distance. I make sure I have wipes to wipe my hand with. So I'm doing all these other things. So you can combine any or all of them together. Um, not only to, and again, not only to protect yourself, but I think more importantly, if you may have it, particularly with the masks, 
it's more likely that if you're asymptomatic with coronavirus, you're going to shed it to somebody else. You could cough, you could spit while you're talking, it could come out of, uh, of your nasal passages. So that mask is actually going to protect everybody else from you if you're going through something, at least until the virus can run its course. Yeah, so just thank you for changing the perspective on that. I know as of this taping with uh, Georgia, I know you're in upstate New York, but as of Georgia with our governor that they put us on a shelter in place to basically give us a curfew. I'm glad that Georgia got on board two weeks, three weeks late, but y'all finally did it, so. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take it as I can take it, and I'm, I'm trying to be mindful and compassionate and empathetic that we're all in it together. Right. Um, even in the sheltering in place of things such as, as I touch my face, of <laughs> sheltering in place of self-quarantine, of making sure that I'm mindful, um, even with living with another person of that's still an essential worker that works in the healthcare industry and he's out and making sure as well with him that he's cautious and protecting himself as he comes home. Those mm -hmm. are different things that are, I, I don't want to say new normal because I'm still hopeful that this is going to hopefully through the summer months, but mindful of our current normal, that things are changing for everybody to be compassionate and empathetic and really watch where we get our information because we're learning new things every day as well. So it's just been an interesting kind of thing for me of sheltering in place now, of not having a mask, of feeling the anxiety of everything right. that's coming out and dealing with so many things that are changing within us right. and this and information. People, yeah, the one thing that people are really getting anxious about um, and I mean, even being in the public health field, it is a bit overwhelming, is the new information that's coming out every day. And we just have to remember that we haven't seen this virus before. So when I hear people say, well, God, the CDC lied to us. They told us three weeks ago that we didn't need to wear masks. Now they're saying we need masks. They're lying to us. And again, that taps into some of the historical trauma that the CDC health organizations have put us through, particularly as Black people, with these kind of pandemics and with other infectious agents and with other medical issues. But we have to remember that everyone is learning at the same time. And even Dr. Fauci, who is the one person that I kind of trust with this because he's been doing this so long, um, even he is saying he's surprised at kind of the unpredictability and how much we still do not know about the virus. Because back two or three weeks ago, what were we saying? Oh, it's only older people and people with chronic medical conditions and who are immunosuppressed that are more likely to get, die or more likely to get sick. And now we're seeing people in their 20s and 30s. I just had a friend of mine who died at the age of 40 just the other day. And so, you know, you just can never tell with this. And so the thing with the public is that we have to tell people, please be patient with public health officials like the CDC, the World Health Organization, uh, the NIH, all these people, and listen to the public health officials. Try not to get it filtered through politicians because they're tending to spin it one way or the other based on their own personal beliefs or based on their own gains or power. Listen to the public health officials. For the most part, most of them are trying to disseminate truthful information out there and accurate information, but it is going to be a learning process. Um, and so there may be some things that they were saying two or three weeks ago and it changes all of a sudden. And so the initial reaction is to get mad or say they lied or say, why are they telling us something different now? It's probably because they're starting to do the studies. They're starting to learn more stuff. And now they have to change 
the recommendations because everything is evolving in a real time scenario. And that's tough. That's tough to grapple with, especially when you're asking us all to stay at home. People aren't working. Folks are broke. Bills are not paid. All this stuff is happening. It's just a high level of anxiety for everybody. So it's really, really a big ask to ask people to deal with this constantly evolving information around COVID-19. It's really, really challenging. Yeah, definitely. And sorry to hear about your loved one. And thank you for sharing that with us. Um, yeah. One of the things that you said, too, is that it's a time of change and we're learning new things every day. And most of us are sheltering in place. So I just kind of wanted to know um, from your perspective, today was my first virtual appointment that I had uh, with my therapist because that's also changed as well. And one of my emails to her this week is like, girl, how are we going to do this? Because, you know, I don't want to put you at risk. I don't want to put myself at risk. You've got people coming in and out of your office. And I right. want you to be healthy as well, too. So she introduced me to virtual uh, therapy, where we pretty much do the same thing. We just do a call. So I would just want to know, from my personal knowledge, from your experience as a physician of learning new information every day and changing the way that you see patients as well, how has that been affecting you? Yeah, it's a good question because, you know, telehealth has been kind of on the rise for the past few years, but it's been a slow uptake because I think a lot of people are used to, you know, oh, I have to physically come and be seen by the doctor. Actually, the mental health services aspect of it has been more receptive to telehealth because, you know, you're sitting there, you're talking, whereas for internal medicine or when you have a physical complaint, um, a lot of people want somebody to touch them um, to listen to their heart, to look at the rash, to you know listen to their lungs and be able to diagnose something that way. So I think people have been skeptical about telehealth. Now with COVID-19 and this whole pandemic, it has really forced us to use these things because we have to protect people from being exposed to the virus. So in my personal experience, I've been on uh, you know leave of absence from my primary job in Georgia since the beginning of January. Um, and so I've had to find other ways to make money. And before coronavirus really started to pick up, I had already enrolled with a telehealth platform called Amwell. It's short for American Wellness. So it's called Amwell and there's another one called Teladoc. But right now I'm currently, I had to give them all my information, my you know board certification, my license numbers, all that kind of stuff. And what I do is I sign on and it's basically like you have, it's a virtual practice. So I sit in front of the screen, I have a virtual waiting room. It tells me how many patients that are in my queue. I get to the next one. It gives me the whole summation of their medications, their allergies, their medical conditions, what their complaint is right now. And even with screening questions for exposure to coronavirus. And then literally you press connect and you get to see that person in live the same way we're talking right now. They can show me a rash. They can show me the back of their throat with their camera. Um, they can take a deep breath in and out. I can hear if they're wheezing or not. Um, there's limits to what I can do. I won't be able to do a joint exam or a heart exam as well, obviously remotely. Um, but there are a lot of things you can do. And then when we wrap up the visit, the platform has an ability to submit a prescription electronically to their pharmacy. And when people enroll in these telehealth platforms, they put all that information in themselves, they put their pharmacy, and then if they have an insurance carrier that they use, it's already like set up so that that billing will go directly to their insurance company. So it makes it very convenient. And I, in my experience over the past uh, three or four weeks doing it, patients absolutely love it. Um, and they're very happy to speak to somebody. They're very happy to get their issues resolved online at a moment. They're very happy that they can get prescriptions at that moment. Um, and they feel relieved that they can speak to a medical professional and that you can counsel them in real time. So to me, it's been a game changer. And I do think that once this pandemic kind of slows down and the curve drops down and 
we start slowly resuming kind of a quote unquote normal life or a changed uh, course of our journey from here on out, it is going to be one of those things where the medical profession, the mental health professions will be forever changed because I think so many people are now going to realize, oh, wait a minute, I don't have to break my neck to go to get on the train and to make this bus and to get over here and to make this on time. I can actually speak to somebody now and you don't have to physically see me. All I need is a refill or all I need you to me about is some routine stuff. I can guarantee you they're, go they're gonna start picking up and you're gonna see more people embracing telemedicine and telehealth platforms than ever before. And so if there's a silver lining about this, I think that's one silver lining is that we will be able to be accessible to people who maybe had challenges with access to medical care in the past because they were forced to physically come into their uh, provider's offices. They won't have to do that as much anymore. Yeah, I think it's awesome, definitely. Because my experience as well of today was like, this is cool. I just set my phone up. We can talk. You can see me, all of those things. And I think as far as barriers and eliminating some of those, as far as, you know, there may still be barriers to it. People may not have access to smartphone or internet or things like that. But Absolutely. I think it will reduce some of the barriers that comes to it because part of the anxiety and panic right now is if I'm at home, you know, and I'm experiencing these symptoms and these things that are going on, who, who can I talk to? Who can I come see where I don't put myself at risk going to an emergency room or any of those things with the hospital. So I just mm -hmm. want to know from you, any last thoughts, any of anything else going on in your world that you want the people to know? Yeah, no, I think uh, <laughs> I don't want to give them all those details because some of them, <laughs> I don't think they want to know all that. But I think with regards to COVID-19, I do think it would be a good idea for us to have more kind of check-in sessions like this as it continually evolves. And I think Dr. Q, uh, Dr. Robinson would be a good person to have on board. I think Dr. Leo Moore, who is in LA, would be somebody to bring on board as all this stuff is evolving to talk about some of the latest updates. Um, I think we have enough professionals in the system to uh, uh, allow this platform, allow Revolutionary Health to really give some quick updates for people, specifically for you know Black gay men so that um, we can understand what this means for us. And I just would encourage everybody out there just to be safe and be patient with the public health officials because this is an evolving situation and things are going to change. And I know a lot of us don't like change, but the unfortunate reality is that we're being forced to change right now. Um, so you can either fight it and have some problems later on, or you can start to embrace it and kind of figure out how to best incorporate things into your life moving forward. But I just want everyone to stay safe out there and be mindful of the people around you. Thank you. You know you have a home here. Thank you for making your triumphant return here <laughs> with me. I'm so blessed and thankful that you came and spent your time with us here on Revolutionary Health. And the same to everyone that's watching as well. So make sure you like, comment, subscribe, follow us, Instagram at the counter narrative, same for Facebook, on Twitter at building desire. And as always, be good to yourself. <laughs>